Welcome to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb, heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. on 1490 AM, WWPR. And now, here's Chuck and Deb. Hi, I'm Chuck. And Deb. And welcome to Biker Life Radio. We are so truly grateful and thankful that you've joined us today. We have a fantastic show lined up just for you. And Biker Life Radio is for those who are inspired to ride and those who inspire others to ride. We are here to reveal the truth behind the motorcycle mystique and provide real life stories that help you discover your purpose, achieve true freedom, and define your destiny. All right, Demi, so take it away. All right, Demi here today to talk about our show sponsors, Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So if you are ready to crank up your engines, put your chins in the wind, knees in the breeze, and seats in the saddle, then hang on and let's get rolling. Let's kick this, start this thing. Let's kick it started right now, Deb. All right. Are we kicking? Anybody kicking? Kicking and starting. Yeah. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. We're truly grateful and thankful that you've joined us today. We have, uh, like I mentioned before, a fantastic show lined up for you. And the weather has been quite different for us lately, and we actually froze the other day coming back from the Keys, which you're going to hear about uh, later in the show. So you want to be sure to stay tuned because that's not something you're going to want to miss. Is that right, Deb? Absolutely. You do not want to miss. We're going to bring you into the fold of our Kiwis Kiwi. Key West yeah, there you go. Trip. Spit it out. Yeah, spit it out. This little Demi voice is getting me again today. I don't That's know what right. the deal it's not is, man. Debbie, Deb, today it's Demi. Demi. So we got Demi Moore joining us as our special guest on the Chuck and Deb show. And so, again, the weather's been sort of kooky down here in Florida. It's been really actually to us, it's cold. We've got a visitor rush into town. He doesn't think it's cold at all. No, because <laughs> he's his from part Michigan. Of, right. His part of the country, cold is 18 degrees, and we're not anywhere near that. And they can keep it because uh, it's too cold for I don't want it. Yeah. That's right. So our cold front is very different than everyone else's cold front. However, it still impacts Floridians in a very similar way that it does if those from other parts of the country. So it's just a, a little different. Yeah, and uh, our blood's a little bit thinner, so we're a little bit weaker when it comes to the cold, I guess you might say. I don't like that word, weaker. We're just a little bit different adjustment as far I mean, as temperature goes. Because the truth of the matter for is for me, and most people that know me know this, is I'll tell you, anything below 73, I'm freezing. And that's the truth. That's in my house. And that's most Floridians. So, you know, as the colder temperatures were rolling in, you could tell who was from Florida because we'd have jackets and pants on. And those not from Florida would be in shorts and flip-flops and all that craziness. That's true. I just don't know if I'm going to make it through the show with that Demi voice. Well, what you know, would hold you back? We might have some interruptions you, you here. You love Demi. <laughs> well, you know, most people don't know. I dated Demi in high school. Right. So I'm just like bringing a, flashbacks back. Yeah, like, along with a lot of other celebrities. Right. But anyway, so why don't we just go ahead and do this? As, uh, as always... We have Dutch Van Alsten, the author of Demons, Demons Rising, Rising, the story of, of the, the wayward, wayward Scout. Oh, we did that pretty good, Deb, yeah. together. Wow. In unison. How about that? Not that might unisex, lead to some other unison. things. yeah. All right. So we've got Dutch. He's going to do his raw and unapologetic. Keep in mind, folks, Dutch is not getting paid a dime to be on this show. He's doing it out of the goodness of all his art. And you're going to love what he has to say. So we're going to turn it right over right now 
to Dutch Van Austin. And the reason I told you he didn't get paid is because he has a book. So you can buy a book and you can help support him that way and go out and visit his page. So let's turn it right over right now, Deb. Go ahead. You do the turnover to Dutch. And here you go. Here's Dutch. And raw and unapologetic. Hello. Hi, upon my luxurious penthouse apartment overlooking the rolling, lush greens of Ireland. And as Chuck and Deb said, I am Dutch Van Alston. I am the author of Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, book number one in the Light Behind Bars book series. And I am raw and unapologetic. I have invited some other voices into my world today to keep the ones in my head company, and because I think it's important for all of us to hear what our brothers and sisters are thinking and saying when they are out doing their own version of racing the rain, riding the wind, and chasing that sunset. I've received some letters or emails in today's world from various people asking that their question be read on the air in exchange for a free copy of my book. Uh, I apologize for being a little disorganized today, so indulge me a second while I find the first letter. Oh, here. Dear Dutch, I regret the day you were ever born. You're no better than a freakish circus act that nobody wants to see, and your existence on Earth is an insult. Oh, brother, okay. My mistake, that's a birthday card from my sister, Brenda. Okay. Uh, dear Mr. Van Alston, we are making our life's mission to see that you and your biker filth and run out of the neighborhood and your house burned... <laughs> Again, that's from the HOA. And, and, and you know the funny thing is I don't, I don't even live in an HOA. It's like from the HOA up the road. Uh, again, I, I apologize profusely. I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm not a naturally organized person, and I will confess. I recently hired an assistant to help with the, the clerical stuff here, and I did a really poor job vetting her. I really did. My natural instincts just didn't click in. I looked past what appeared to be some... Glaring insights of incompetence. I mean, she she gave a powerful, and I mean powerful, interview the other night. And I swear to you, there was no indication of any lack of common sense with her. I mean, there's nothing about her that gave me any sign she was not capable. Uh, hold on. Uh, Bubbles, Bubbles, dear, I need you. Grab that stack of emails over on the desk. No, nope, that's a paperclip, dear. That, that's just a different paperclip. Oh, right there. No, 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 not those. Those are just old medical magazines. Okay? Just wrap them back up in that brown paper bag and just slide them out of the desk. That stack right there. Yes. Thank you. Okay, would you please just grab me a cup of coffee while I read these? Yep. Yeah, the kitchen's that way, dear. Thank you. Okay, so the first question comes from Tammy Valet. Of Barre or Bear, B-A-R-R-E, Vermont. Tammy asks, Dutch, what's your opinion on helmets? Tammy, I'm going to expand your question a bit to what are my opinion on the helmet laws? Because really, as far as helmets alone, I'm neutral. I'm Switzerland. I'm that space between first and second that I still hit to this day occasionally. I really don't have an opinion on them. I really don't. I mean, there are pros and cons for wearing them. The pro is, well, it protects your head. That's why football and hockey players wear them. That's why batters wear them in baseball. And that's why I wore them occasionally when I came home six days late from a Sunday ride to a lunatic woman who once set fire to my clothes because I left the toilet seat up. So I was preparing for that head injury. But the cons, and there are some, 
depending on the helmet. They hurt your peripheral vision, your hearing, and they are often adding more heat to your head to an already hot day. And some people take extra chances believing that that helmet is going to save them. You know, I see people with a full face helmet and yet they're doing wheelies down the highway at 90. So, But I will, what I will comment on, Tammy, is the helmet laws, and I am emphatically against them. Grown adults have no business telling other grown adults how best to live their lives. That may sound overly glib, but, but it's really not. It's nobody's business if I, or you, or any adult takes the same precautions in life that others may do. I mean, once you empower the government to act in a local parentis manner, then they are able to do anything. They, they can just say motorcycles are too dangerous and just take them away. Don't turn your choices over to authoritarians. And I hear ridiculous excuses that it's my business because your irresponsibility raises my insurance rates. Not only is that a complete fabrication, but it's just an excuse for people with control issues to claim dominion over you. And if you're one of those people that take pleasure when a biker dies in a crash because he wasn't wearing a helmet, and then you rant about their limited intellect and the gene pool being cleaned up, and then, then you have more psychological problems than I do. And that's saying a lot. And shut up all my ex-girlfriends. I don't want to hear your comments here. If you cannot sleep nights knowing there are people not living their life the way you want them to, then you really need to perform a little self-examination, okay? And take note that I said self-examination, not self-exploration, like you did when you were 13, locked in the bathroom, as your idiot sister pounds on the door because she has to get in and pile all her makeup on her face so she can go sleaze around town. All the while, your mom rants all week long, Where are your socks, Dutch? Where are your socks going to? Ugh. Anyway, that childhood memory ran away from me. You know, but keep in mind the opposite is true as well. If you look at those who wear a helmet and say, Gee, if you're that afraid, then you should really just not ride a bike at all. And I have heard that idiocy before. I really have. Or claiming, you know, if you wear a helmet, you're new or you're a coward. Well, Jesse James, a friend of mine, the owner of the world-famous Ride Hard Saloon here in Bradenton, he wears a helmet. He's been riding longer than most of you have been off Mama's Milk. And if you want to go say he's a coward for wearing one, well, go ahead. God help you, because nobody else will. So do I have time for another question? Bubbles, what time, what time is it? Yes, I know it's daytime, dear. I, I can see the sun as well. I mean the time of day. Yes, the big hand is the minutes and the little hand is the hours. But just, no, just look at your phone. No, the other side, dear. Okay, thank you. Okay, I have a bit more time. So let's go on to the next letter. Uh, first, my coffee bubbles. You're going to get me coffee. Mm, no, that's a jar of mayonnaise, dear. No, that, that's a stapler. Yep, there you go. Do I want flavored creamer? Seriously? Am I huddled on the couch crying watching Lifetime? No, just black bubbles, all right? Come on. Thank you. Sheesh. Okay, next question comes from Roger Hickok of Painted Post, New York. And that's kind of a coincidence because I just finished reading the first two books by uh, a man named Joseph Krantz who penned the Ryland Creek book series. And I'm telling you, I am so jealous of this man's ability to tell a story and create imagery. And he really is the best that I've ever seen. So, uh, And the books are from that series that take place in that little town painted post. So I'm reading a little bit of Roger's bio. 
Okay. Retired combat marine. Okay, so quite obvious. Roger here is the real deal. He even outdoes my stellar military record of stints in and out of the Fort Benning jail. And because of Roger's authenticity, I'm going to both read his question and I'm going to use some of his own words to answer it because they're very good. Roger asks, Reflections on Biker Brotherhood. Can you expound on the concept of the bonds, how and why it exists? Then he goes on to say, My take is that it's not, and I love this part, it's not an add water instant brother. I believe these bonds are built with the investment of time, learning about each other, then establishing commitment and trust. Bravo, Roger. That's that's excellent. And that's perfect. And this is going to be a really thing to easy uh, answer because I'm just going to use his words. But I'm also going to use another guy's words um, that I was having a conversation with the other night. His name is Sean Kemp, another war-tested Marine. Yeah, but has he ever seen the inside of the Fort Benning Jail? I doubt it. So there. I've known Sean about no... 15 years. He rode in a different MC from the Rochester hub than I did. But he and I, uh, we hit it off quick. We've remained friends. And he also got tired of New York State and relocated out of there. And he says, this is his quote, being a biker then was not a choice. It was just who you were. Nowadays, it's the thing to do. Play dress up on Fridays and head to the clubhouse or the bar on your bike to feel like a rebel, a warrior, a biker. But deep in their hearts, they just like everyone to look at them. Now, I'm going to exclude, like, the vast majority, 90-plus percent of the people who own a motorcycle and wear that leather and wear those bandanas. I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about the ones who don't love motorcycles. They don't love riding. They, they just bought all that stuff to create an image. There's nothing sincere about them. That's the ones we're talking about. So the only thing I want to add to this, and it's hard to add anything to, to the points they made, is there are two words, in my opinion, that describe brothers. And those words are, they stay. And, and I guess I mean, when the party's over, they stay. Uh, when, the, you know, when the laughs end, they stay. When things get bad, and people turn against you, they stay. When things are looking bleak and plans are not going as you wanted them to, they stay. When every odd turns against you, yep, you got it, they stay. They fight those odds with you. They fight the darkness. They fight the losing battle. And if they lose, it doesn't matter because they stay. That's what they do. They would rather go down with honor than live with disrepute. Naysayers will say, well, it's just a bunch of colloquialisms or Facebook memes or phony crap, Tony Robbins would say. Well, you call it what you will. But those of us who feel it, those of us who were born with it, who live it, we would die for it. We know the naysayers are wrong. These are family members who just don't share DNA. So many people say how stupid it is to die for one of your brothers in the club. But what is the use of living without it if you don't? Many of us would rather just die because if you live with yourself without honor, then you might as well just get used to existing. Because you really don't ever live if you don't know the difference, then you're part of the problem. If you think once you're lying in that cold ground with a stone above your head that these words mean nothing, we know the ones above that stone looking down crying, they are the ones we can say, they stayed. 
And that is what makes those words meaningful. It's the ones above the ground who carry that message to the next generation. Somewhere, that message has gotten lost. It was forgotten. It's been homogenized with nothingness. It got watered down, as Roger said. And it became a whiskey over ice, with mostly melted ice, at that little tavern you used to love to go to. Okay, this is the portion of the show where I'm going to leave you and send you back to the dynamic duo you all came to hear, Chuck and Deb. Again, I apologize for the lack of organization tonight. It's not going to happen again. I know I am raw and unapologetic, but Bubbles Errors cost me that moniker for today, so she and I are going to have a long, in-depth meeting to discuss her future here. In fact, Bubbles, would you go get the hot tub going and chill some of that uh, wine that you like? Thank you, dear. Okay, please hit like on my page, Life Behind Bars book series, on Chuck and Deb's page. Please visit my website, www. Did I add a W? Well, I think you figured that out by now. www.dutchvanalston.com You can also contact me through there and ask me any questions you like. It is contact at dutchmanalston.com. Submit your question. I'll send you a free autographed book. Thank you again for listening. Please stay tuned next week. I am Dutch Van Alston. I am raw and unapologetic. And I am signing off for the night. Have a yabba-dabba-doo time. Attention. Get a pen and paper ready. Call this number now 516-407-9135. Listen. Would you like to make money using your cell phone? If so, then stop everything and listen to what I'm about to say. I can't believe how simple and fun this is. All I do is give out this phone number 516-407-9135 and this 100% phone-based business spits out $100 commissions paid directly to me. You have to hear this. Call and listen to our short two-minute intro and if you like what you hear, simply press 1 to get all of the details instantly over the phone. You'll have all of the details and info you need to make a decision within 10 minutes from now. I love this and you will too. Call 516-407-9135 now. Again call 516-407-9135. That's 516-407-9135 or... Visit supermansuccess.com. All right. Welcome back to Biker Life Radio with Chuck. And Deb. We're solely, truly grateful that you're continuing to listen to our show today. We want to tell you about a trip we just had that we were absolutely blessed with. Why don't you take it away, Deb? Go and get it started. Well, I have to begin because those listeners that may have learned about our trip prior to taking it. Um, so let's kind of back up. We first of all, we're, we won a trip with the West Coast Florida Riders. They were doing a fundraiser for the Sarasota County Senior Advocacy Council. We bought raffle tickets to help to support, support that yep. cause and lo and behold we were actually drawn as the winners <laughs> yeah, for we a were actually Key picked. West trip <laughs> in a mansion down in Key West a great long weekend and so those that may have listened before I was a little unsure about 75 motorcycles <laughs> yeah. riding on this trip Yeah, I, I was a little freaked out to say yeah. the least so it, it actually didn't end up being 75 it was 750 motorcycles I know 
know. It was insane. It was just absolutely insane, but the organization was perfect. Lear led all 751, two, three riders down with no problem. That's right. And we were like in unison, just coasting and yep, floating all, along. Flying and going at 100 mile an hour. We made it down there in five hours, and we are BSing you. Absolutely right. So <laughs> there ended up being a good number for a group ride of 12, and we started out with, I don't know, six or seven at our first uh, location to meet, which was Texas Roadhouse off of State Road 70. Yep. And then we rode out to Arcadia, where we actually, I didn't realize it, but that was our first stop. Correct. And we also picked up, I don't know, another five or oh, six. In total, bit, yeah. we had 12 motorcycles that were hitting the road heading down south to Key West. So that was a great Great group nice size group. to ride and, uh, you know, learn new riders, meet new riders. Um, but it wasn't as easy breezy <laughs> as we were hoping that it might Unfortunately, turn out we have a reputation that uh, <laughs> precedes itself, it seems, or wants to continue in certain ways. I think we're breaking the chain right we now, We are breaking right the here. chain. We're, 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 we continue to break the chain <laughs> over and oh, over yeah. and over again. So it started off a little fumbly because we were... I I mean, Lee was adamant that we were leaving at seven sharp. Well, we found out one of our trucks and trailers that were doing all of the sweep along and, you know, all of our follow up uh, kind of missed us and was ahead of the game. That, that so, was La Fran. Yeah, Fran, Fran, Fran Hosh Law Group. And yeah. isn't that great that she donated that vehicle to be a support vehicle? Absolutely. Because it actually was good to know. It gave us all a peace of mind right. to know that there was this vehicle behind us in the event that something happened and your bike broke down. Because somebody you know, ladies and gentlemen, probably needed that. A bike, maybe, that might or two that might have broken down and needed yeah. a little help. So it was reassuring. And I think, you know, thank you, thank you, Fran Hosh Law Group Absolutely. for providing that support vehicle. And just again, the peace of mind that knows when you've got a trip like that going down there that you've and you know know what's gonna happen and they were there to help. Yeah, and the personnel, Vince uh, Vinny is that Vinny, his name? Yeah, Vinny yeah, was Vinny. a great support person. So, so you know that was good to have them there. And so we started off just great out at Arcadia. Uh, we pulled in and and everything's looking good. Chris jumps off his motorcycle and yells, somebody's blowing oil. <laughs> somebody's blowing oil. And I'm like, all right, you know, it ain't me. Uh, yeah. I ain't thinking who, nothing about it. Who you know? was in front of Chris? Well, I was in front of Chris a couple of bikes, I think, because he was uh, doing sweep. Yeah, he was sweeping up. So. so anyway, so somebody said, hey, if you're going to gas up, now's the time to do it. And so I went over to go on my bikes because Debs and I's bike was not going to make it another 100 miles because we get less than 150 mile a tank. Right. Um, well, I think you get a little bit more. My bike is maybe some days, on the good days, I can get 150 miles an hour that's per tank. That's because is just one remarkable badass bike. Machine. Yeah, yeah that's it. Is. That's my badass thumpers machine. Yeah. The mean machine. That's what I call thumper, the yep. mean machine. So anyway, so... Oh, you know, they tell us this, so I go over to hop on my bike, and my bike doesn't start. What what sound did it make? It made it a just was a whizzing sound. Whee! It's when the starter doesn't catch it, just wee wee. Yep. It's so right. so I get off, and I'm like taking a look at things, try to start it again, and then I have a push starter that I put on right in an event like this, and that well, didn't work. You need so, to back it up, Mister, because this whole you're somebody's blowing oil. Well, I was coming to that because okay. this is how it went down. Okay. So as soon as I got off the bike to check what was going on, I noticed I was blo I was the guy. You were the oil, oil blower. So not only is my bike not starting, I'm the guilty party by 
blowing oil out of my carburetor. So the air intake valves were worn and all the oil was coming out of the carburetor. Uh, we'll get into that some more. So that's all on our very first stop. Right. That's not even 30, 40 minutes into the ride. Correct. And so, you know, I'm feeling guilty. I'm like, uh, Chris, you know, just you guys just go. I'll figure this out. I'll get it started. We'll catch up with you. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're going to push it. We're going to push it. These guys push me all day. We can give you a purse. We'll get it started. Yep. I'm like, all right, I got high compression. I've I've tried it before. I'm not so sure. So sure enough, a bunch of guys got behind that weren't sure exactly where to grab to push because I got my pack on there. Right. A big. We're loaded up with luggage and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, we always sure. overpack. Plus, we have all our gear, which we didn't use. Right. Well, <laughs> all you our know. electrical equipment and everything. You never know. Anyway, so they get they pushed me. It didn't do it at first, and I heard some weird noise. I started to worry. There was this ooh metal on metal clank, and I'm like, oh no, something happened inside. They go, okay, let's give it a try again. I'm like, oh, I'm really sort of hesitant, but I can do it. Make sure it's in second gear, and that's what I learned this time, guys. Even a guy like me can learn something new. Second gear. There's your Put tech it in tip second the, gear. Tech right? tip of so the day. Push the and uh, we'll cover that in a minute. That'll even work for a fuel injection too. Yep. Apparently. So would they kick, they get it, they push me, we get it started, we're good to go, we get gas, we get on the road, and we take off, and all's happy. Uh, Chris was excellent. He gave me Vinny's number, said, here's Vinny's numbers, anything happens, call Vinny, okay? Right. So that gave me the peace of mind to know we're started, and so we're heading down the road, and so now we're heading down south, Deb, and you take over. Well, at this point, you know, we were. We were probably another hour in, and, you know, getting to some traffic, I think we're maybe in the Clewiston area right around Lake Okeechobee and um, I, I you know my motorcycle seat is not the most comfortable ever and about an hour in my butt is really hurting now anybody that rides for long periods of time they say yep over an hour it's uncomfortable I am here to tell you I can ride lots of seats over an hour not this one so we're at a stoplight and I need to get my rear pegs down I was trying to do that while we're riding I couldn't find them and so we get to a stoplight and I go to put it down. I see you're trying to help me. And lo and behold, I pop the clutch and stall my bike. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shoot at this red light. So then I go to press the start button. So ever gently. And my motorcycle does, does not, not start. start. But I think that was the second one because I think we stopped first and we knew it didn't start. So we stopped at the gas station. So now on our second stop, Deb's bike didn't start. Right. Okay. So, and I'm worried that mine wouldn't start, but it actually did. And yeah. I waited to get mine started to yours, I right. think. Right. Yeah. Thumper was after Thumper got over its no little problem. jitters, you know, trip, trip, jitters. I just it was blew on the oil way. everywhere. Right. The whole entire time. Miles. But that's okay. So, yeah. So now I'm dealing with starting issues in my motorcycle. And uh, everybody's saying clank here, hit there. Everybody had a great <laughs> tip to get things going. And um, it just wasn't working. So I pressed, I continued to press my button, press my start button, and all. All of a sudden it fired up and I was back on the road again. It was very intermittent and this happened quite often and it was a pain. And it we want to thank right now. Let's take a moment to thank 
every one of the pushers. You know, there's not a many times in your life that you thank pushers. Right. In but a this, good way. this is a time you want to thank all your pushers for, for helping we Deb are. and I both get started. Because with my motorcycle, it was just the beginning of this not starting issue. So Thumper was good. He had his little jump and, you know, we were little ready glitch. to roll. Yep. Yeah, a little glitch. And so you're off and running. He's doing great. Everything's Other on. Other than throwing oil. Right. Yeah. But that you, was terrible. you were able to text uh, our mechanic and figure out kind of what the scoop was, whether it was in danger or what we needed to do so that we can make some educated decisions about whether or not to ride back. But, you know, lo and behold, it wasn't a big issue. And we were able to kind of get through the trip with that and get it fixed when we got back home. So what happened next? So we, we you know, then I think I can't remember exactly, but I think it happened at the gas station first that your bike didn't start. Correct. And then you pop the clutch because here's why she popped the clutch okay while she's riding she's trying to put down the her rear kickstand or foot pegs and she couldn't get them down because they were tight they were real tight and up close to the bike so i pulled up and i was trying to get it down with my foot and when i grabbed a hold of her bike it wobbled and then she decides she wants to reach down and move the peg but she forgot she had it in In gear gear. Yeah. And that's when she popped the clutch. All right. And then so everybody's pulling over. We've got the, the, uh, the we also had a follow vehicle. Right. Uh, that pulled over, which was nice. I think that was Lee. That I never was got Lee, a chance right? to meet him. But yep. um, anyway, so we pulled over. Chris pulled over. Chris was great. Again, Chris did a great job throughout this whole event. Absolutely. So Chris pulls out in front of you like you would think your husband might do. And he parks his bike in order to come back and help you push it uh, instead of your husband. And as soon as he does that, you'd what? Oh, it started. Yep, you started. It got it started. It's ready to roll now. So then we get on the bike and we go down the road and we go to the next feeling stop, which is another 100 and so miles. And all of a sudden, Chris gets off his bike and he's throwing these crucifix signs at us. (laughs) Like warning, (laughs) stay back, not going to happen anymore. These people are jinxed, stay back, don't let it affect us. And by that time, we kind of learned what we needed to do in order to make things different. So we were sure to park up on a hill and all that good stuff. So we were. If we had back. to roll, we had to push, we were Because you know, I didn't go. want to blow oil on everybody, so we rode in the back, and people, right. you know, kept a distance because of the falling parts off of my bike, you know, every five minutes. You know, before we get too far, <laughs> though, what I don't want to, falling off, crazy, uh, you know, I don't want to let this go lightly because I know there are many bikers that might have a situation in a group for the first time, and it's natural to be embarrassed and humiliated and feel oh, like, yeah. you know, now you're not a quality motorcyclist to keep going with the group. But I think the, this particular group and many groups that we've ridden with have all kind of had the same mindset. You know, it doesn't matter. Let's get you back on the road, get you where we need to be and get on the get on with it. So you're you right. Know. And I was going to say there's always a Mikey. But you know what? In this group, there was there no Mikey. So Mikey, if you're listening, there was no Mikey. So you know, Mike, Mikey's to... somebody that's got a harp on you. Make sure that your time is the worst ever. Yeah. You're really making it bad on me. When you're this feeling guilty, when you're feeling guilty, he like rubs it in your face to yeah. make it even better. And yeah, because worse, he's a yeah. nice guy that yeah, way. He likes you that way. Yeah. So yeah, it gives you a hard time. We love so, you, Mikey. You know, we but really I think do. that's important for motorcyclists to realize, especially those that maybe have been a little apprehensive to take one of those bigger trips with the group but you know once you're a band of brothers out there on the road we stick together and we help each other get through 
through to the next hurdle and get it all figured out. And you know that was true. And Maverick came over and Maverick said, this is probably what it is. And I counted on Maverick and Chris as well, which right. I, I really didn't know that well. I knew Maverick for a little bit from a time that we spent out at the Hunsader. But, um, you know, they really were nice people. They were very receptive. And I needed help reading the oil gauge. Right. Because I couldn't believe that my my uh, my dipstick so was showing so much oil on it. Right. And so I had to get somebody else, comp- you know, confirm what I was seeing because it was actually way over full. Right. And that may have been the problem to begin with. We really don't know because I didn't check the oil after my bike was serviced because I just figured everything was good. So there's another tip. Be sure to check your oil, which I have to do again, by the way. Right. Be sure to check your oil after every maintenance after Correct, maintenance yeah. service, check it's your, your oil your to make sure that they did it right, to make sure they didn't overfill it. Because, you know, with Harleys, a lot of time, you don't want to fill it all the way up to the very top because it will cause issues. So especially if you got compression stuff going on, things like that. I'm not a pro at it, but the only tip here is be sure and check your oil. And that, that could go for your car, too. And I used to do that, actually. If I took it in, I made sure they put enough oil in it because you don't want to blow an engine. Nope, absolutely not. So yeah, good tips. I love the tech tips because, you know, these are just everyday riding tips that sometimes we just forget to think about when we're trying to plan for one of those long trips or even day to day. So now moving on to stop number four, we actually finally made it to the Keys mid-afternoon. I don't know, it's probably 1.30, 2 o'clock. Great morning of riding. We decided to stop. Actually, our ride leader, Lee, decided to stop at Robbie's for lunch. And if anyone's ever been out on the keys it seems to be a great destination to stop on your way out to the lower keys so and there's tons of uh tarpon i think out there we didn't go that time but we've been once before where there's tons of large tarpon that are off the dock out there so that's worth going to check out and by the way let's stop for just a moment and give lee kudos for leading an excellent ride the the ride was absolutely fantastic because there was very little if any traffic correct and we're just smooth sailing it was a nice comfortable ride probably the one of the better rides i've ever had in the keys what you think Deb? Absolutely. We, he took us all the way down 27, I believe, and it took us right into Homestead. We didn't have to battle with any of that Miami traffic or hubbub of that. You know, even a group of 12, sometimes our experience on that highway, it can be kind of a crazy mess, but we didn't have to mess with any tolls. It was really just very smooth sailing besides a little bit of, you know, construction that we had to deal with, but we were certainly on our on a great trip doing great riding and, and really it was a fantastic. Lee, he did a wonderful Lee did ride. A great job. So kudos to you, Lee. Great job, brother. Absolutely. So at Robbie's, the West Coast Florida Riders actually, you know, kind of put their mark on the land there, too. So they were able to uh, put a West Coast Florida Riders sticker up on one of the uh, main locations there. So they marked their territory and tagged it. So uh, kudos to that. But it was a great lunch, a great ride. And again, Lee made a recommendation for Black and Grouper sandwich yep. and we both said heck yeah that sounds great to us and moved on yeah it, it turned was out wonderful. real good in fact so it, it was, was great. great yep 
So again, we're itching. We're so close to our destination an <laughs> hour, hour and a half place away. We're be staying in, and know? yeah, this mansion and all this fun stuff. So we hit the road once more, and I think it was probably 3.34 by the time we rolled in to the mansion. And it was actually located in Summerland on Summerland Key. Key yep. And it was a great destination. Yes, it was a great destination. And I actually I could see over the bridge. I said, I think this is it. I was I was like, because I could see all the houses to the left. So I was pretty sure this was the key we were going to get off on. And sure enough, I could see see the house uh, from the left side as we pulled up. So, you know, yeah, lots of bridges, lots of water, great scenery. And I know that we're going to be posting lots of pictures that maybe we haven't had a chance to do yet. Um, but we'll grab those pictures and share them with you because that water is so crystal clear. That's beautiful. Aquamarine, beautiful. If you have not made it to the Keys, that it's is definitely one destination you've got to make sure yeah. you put on your calendar. And, and again, Lee came in handy again because as we pulled up, he was using his brain. And he didn't have me park on the under the house right, because the I was blowing oil, so I was going to leak. So he had me park off to the right side with asphalt and so it wouldn't mess up anything which was really cool he was actually thinking for me right i didn't have to think kind of thought ahead. i love it when i don't have to and think. that was kind of what we were hoping for this entire trip <laughs> so you know kudos to chris he definitely as we got to the house said winners you get to pick right. so we walked into the house and kind of and, and i the- said i said to him i said no De- deb's already picked because we thought by the pictures that we saw you know that we we're going to go upstairs and that there was going to be this one room but he he assured us like no no you but you yeah. can go look you can go look but and you take want a look, this room but you probably want this room here yep. so Needless to say, the one we thought we wa- I wanted on the pictures was not the one I wanted, and so we ended up staying in the master suite downstairs, which, which worked perfect. out really cool. And, so and and I got you know I'll keep doing this as much as I can. I got to hand it to everybody else that showed up and just took a sleep, just took a bed wherever they possibly could. Let me tell you something. Those were some fantastic people, Deb, because I never heard anybody grumble about anything. You're I absolutely didn't. right. Not a no, word. Nobody complained about anything. They were just happy to be there, happy to be partying, happy to be hanging out. I love you guys. You guys showed your true colors. That's Abs- all. Absolutely Seriously. right. Now, this was an, an experience we haven't really had before. So, you know, <laughs> when there's... Well, 12 bikes, and some of us were doubled. Some were doubled up. Some were not doubled up. So there's probably 15, 16 people all like in a house that maybe slept. I'm thinking bed-wise, probably 12. I right. don't know. They, they advertise a little bit more. But the concept is is that we're all packed into a three-bedroom house, three-bedroom, three-bath house, and... I had no clue what to expect and I didn't really have an expectation. So the coolest thing was, was, you know, there were air mattresses on floors wherever they needed to be. There were people on pullout cots, you know, pullout mattresses and everybody was just cool. It was everybody just, really was. They were. We were grateful that everybody was there. And I, and I have to say at this point that that's what made our trip the trip of a oh, lifetime. It really, it really was. You said it. If it would just been us and a couple of the winners and a couple of people from yeah. West Coast Florida, it would have been a little dull. All right. It, you know, it would have been a great time to get to the Keys, but it would have never but, been anything like was, it was absolutely. with those 15, 16 oh, people, personalities. Wonderful. You know, it was me. such a diverse group that we just had a great time. And it was not worrying about all the stuff of life. It was just to have a good time in the Keys. 
And that's what's great hounding out of with uh, motorcycle brothers and sisters. It, you just, I guess it's, there's an acceptance thing. And, you know, nobody's, these guys didn't judge. I didn't feel like anybody was doing any judging no. whatsoever. We were just all out there having a good time. Now, we had to get to know people. Right. You know, so when you first get to know people, there's a little bit of quiet time. There's a little feeling back and forth to feel, figure out what's going on. Sure. But as time went on, it just like sort of dissolved. Correct. Yeah. You know, people just started to melt and just got her to get along and have a great time. Yeah, and you could certainly see those that maybe knew each other a little bit better oh, than yeah. others. And, yep. you know, they had this camaraderie already, but they were all very willing to get to know and party and have a great time with everybody else. Sure enough. So, of course, we get to the house and what happens? The party starts. <laughs> we had no to do party like a West Coast party, I'll tell you. Well, we had to do some formalities of photos. So we did some photo shoots in yep. the front of the house and the back of the house. And we'll, and all we'll sorts say of who stuff. that was for. That was for... For, uh, I guess the group, but also for Fran, Fran, Fran Hosh Law Group. Law yep. Group. And so great again, support can't, can't there. speak enough to Fran Hosh Law Group. We actually sent Fran a card yes. uh, to thank her for her support and what she does for the community. That's another thing that Chris did. Chris has informed us about how much Fran Hosh actually gives back to the community and actually cares so much about the community, the motorcycle community, and that she's always a very giving and generous person. And I thought that was cool him to convey that to everyone that was present because it was based on that. That was the reason we were there because of Fran's um, generous contribution. Absolutely. And again, if you know, in the motorcycling world in this local area, you may see those names and I'm sure this happens in other areas too. You see big supporters that support every motorcycle event and you may not know anything about them, but you see them everywhere you go. And that's kind of the way Fran Hosh Law Group is in our local area. And then again, Chris did a great job when we first got there giving her thanks and her firm thanks, but also saying, you know, none of this could have happened without her support and really what her core philosophies and values are of her organization is to partner with those that are working to make the better place. And also because she loves as a motorcyclist herself, loves the motorcycling community and just loves to give back yeah, to and, us. And it's really great to see somebody that successful being able to give back to the community the way she does. And I was really just truly blessed by it all. I mean, it was really fantastic it was so, so let's we keep get going the, let's we get go. the party started and so what has to happen yeah. on night one is we have to get down to the keys how could we be 30 <laughs> minutes away from key west and not get down there the first evening so that's when everything really shifted into high gear and we were trying to make arrangements now we had one vehicle one truck one. that probably was supposed to carry four or five people. Maybe six. Maybe six, no, but it carried really seven, sometimes eight, which we'll get to. Um, so pack the vehicle full, and then the rest of us had to figure out how to get down down to Key West. So the interesting thing, if you're not right in downtown Key West, that we are, you know, a lot of times you can't find an Uber driver or a Lyft driver that will come out to where you are. We tried for probably 20, 30 minutes Getting an Uber driver, getting an Uber driver, getting an yep, Uber driver. They show kept canceling. Up. There was nothing, nobody show. out there because right. it's, a, it's a key that's not very busy. So all the Uber drivers want to be where the, all the action is. Right. So there was no Uber driver. Correct. So the action just for you know is, is Marathon and Key West. Those are the places to be if you want to get an Uber. So, of course, Chuck, in his infinite wisdom, had this great idea and said, you know what? We know someone that used to live down here in Key West. That's Bobby 1-3. So let me see what I can do. <laughs> 
by reaching out to Bobby13 yep. and Bob, see what we can do. Bobby13 of the Rock and Road Show. If you haven't heard the Rock and Road Show, you got to check those guys out. They're actually the ones who encouraged us, actually uh, inspired, inspired us, us, you might say, to continue with the podcast and the radio show to get it started. And the reason why I thought of Bobby is because I think I saw a comment on one of our Facebook posts how he used to live here. Correct. So I was like, oh, well, that's just a no-brainer. I'll just contact Bobby and see if he knows anybody. Hey, if you don't ASK... You don't G-E-T. That's right. So you got to reach out and you got to ask. And sure enough, we asked. And so what did Bobby do? He actually made some phone calls. He got the connection started. So next thing we know, this is the person that'll be arriving in about 30 minutes. None less, none more. Still didn't have enough to get everybody there. So two of the motorcycle couples actually were so gracious to say, you know what, we'll settle things down a little bit for ourselves. We'll ride in order for you guys to catch that Uber and get down there too by yourself. So not by yourself, but we actually had a van of five of us, but we couldn't hold all seven or eight or or however many there was um, to get down there at the time. So we loaded in the Uber. They got on their motorcycles. We all headed to Key West. The truck was full. The party was happening. The party was on. And so what we had to do next was go find where everybody else was that had already gotten down there. So we just went down there. We had to, get, of course, stop and get some shots and some drinks on the way till we found, find everybody. So we found everybody. We hung out. We went to a bunch of different places, checked out a bunch of different things. Then the group sort of split splintered apart and we actually ended up at a mexican restaurant what was it called deb oh gosh come on it was amigos uh, Amigos. we were at amigos great mexican restaurant everybody uh, everybody kind of stopped there off and on throughout the night different waves yeah we saw some people there as we were leaving and it sounds like a lot of people ate dinner there so one of the big things that amigos had was the uh, roasted corn Corn on on the the cob. cob what's in that deb so it's dripping with mild chili sauce. It's actually sautéed in garlic oil with this uh, Mexican, I'm going to say it all wrong, cotija cheese, and then green onions on it. What was absolutely phenomenal. It was great. It really was. That whole that whole the Mexican dinner was great. It so, was. So then after that, now we're like trying to get with everybody to find out what's going on. And we're trying to get with the group, which was Maverick and Chris and Anne. Uh, Anne. Yep. And we're trying to get with them because obviously we rode there with them. We wanted to make sure that we, we rode, rode back. back with them. And uh, what we found out is by the time we get back we see them getting in an uber yes so we <laughs> contacted our uber driver billy and i just want to give big kudos to billy because yes, definitely through the connections of one bobby one three billy showed up to our rescue to do our driving and escorting for the night and little and behold, he was there to pick us up and take us back. Yeah, he was right there. Johnny on the spot, man. He was, he was there. Phenomenal. So he was there. He's a great guy. We love you. Appreciate you, Billy, going out of the way, doing all that you did. And of course, Bobby13 for hooking us up. And he went through another guy, right? Like like Bobby called somebody and then that person called somebody. So right. it wasn't just one person. No. It was like a chain. Right. It's a chain effect for sure. And it's right. that, kind of that six degrees of separation that's, that's right. kind of thing. I love when you said of, that. Uh, one three. Of one three separation. <laughs> (laughs) And so, you know, it helps to have those connections. And, you know, once you make those relationships, they last a lifetime. So So we ended up going back alone in our vehicle and that worked out fine. And then we woke up the next morning because we we get short on time. So we got to sort of try to move the story along. This is now we were riding downtown back down to Key West, but we were doing it on our motorcycles. Everyone had agreed. So we showed up and met at the Hog's Breath, which I do have to say, you know, there was a little bit of um, disconnect in communication. They first, the group first wanted to 
to go down and get a picture by the oh, yeah, mile the marker southernmost zero, point. southernmost point, mile zero. Yep. And we were just struggling finding a, a parking space. So we unfortunately missed that picture. But after that, we were able to reconnect and everybody was able to start off their day at the Hogs, Hogs Breath. Breath Saloon. So you got to check out the Hogs Breath. That's good. They always have good live entertainment. And of course, Deb, knowing, see, she, does, she doesn't know this. Of course, I remember where the sandal spot is. And the sandal spot is right next door to Hogs Breath. So I let her know. We took her over there. We didn't even spend that much time in the Hogs Breath because I had to sit and fall asleep while she's shopping for sandals for well, her and our daughter. Yeah, you know, and, us girls got to shop and that's but, just the way it is. I knew I wanted to get to Kino's if you have ever been to Key West and or not. When you get there, you definitely want to find the Kino store. A couple of facts. But, but hold on a second. I got I got to give kudos to Mark. Yes. Because Mark was over there. Mark, so we're sort of walking together and we told him where we we're going. So he came along with us and he was over there and the guy was so nice, so thoughtful. He got his wife and his daughter, daughter yep. a pair of sandals. Oh, and he got himself a pair of sandals. He did. He bought the whole what, family a pair of sandals. What a nice guy, sandals. huh? Yeah. To do that. I would never do that for you. You know that. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't do it for you either. I'd never I tried. even set foot in that place if I wasn't I know. With you. you sit on the bench on the outside, but that's who you are. <laughs> so here's a little bit of fun facts about Kinos for those that may not have ever visited. Um, they actually are... Um, they're built Come on, with, Demi. I know. Demi's having a hard time. She's having a cough. <laughs> so they're all natural leather and, and rubber soles, all hand done right there in the store. Um, and the owners of the store actually came over from Cuba, scraped $3,000 together and a loan of $7,000 in order to make their dreams come true. So, you know, you got to give it to Kinos. They've been around since 1966. And it's a store that you want to make sure you hit when you go get to Key West. Uh, it's definitely. just an it's, iconic it's a place well-known to go to. Store. And I don't know why. So don't ask me. Because you've never worn their sandals. So no, there. I haven't. I don't yeah. see what's so great. But well, they're you know, comfortable. I'm, I'm a, they're last long lasting. I mean, I've had one for probably head, six, seven so. years, maybe. Uh, knuckleheads don't wear those. Or a panhead or something like that. All right. Well, go All ahead. Right. What, where, where were we after that? So we went on and met up with the group again. It's just it's it's interesting in Key West. No matter how far apart you get spread, you always seem to reconnect. Sort of but then they had that group other. message thing going too, so you can always find out where people were right. at just about any time, which was really pretty neat. You could share locations, which I didn't know on that Facebook app, and people were doing that. So, uh, but you just run into them anyway. It seems like correct. Even yeah, it's like across the street. Oh, I know you, and then we would reconnect. It was a really great time. So. Um, yep. So we just like toured around. We went into a couple of different places. We actually stopped at Rick's for a Bloody Mary. That yes, was a great place right. that we love. And it takes to go about to. five minutes, almost five minutes to make a Bloody Mary. So they're putting all sorts of spices and bitters and all sorts of cool stuff on the inside. So if you would like a good Bloody Mary, we recommend that you go there. Now, Ryan and Mindy said that they knew of a place of a very good Bloody Mary, but unfortunately, we, we never, never made, made it, it to theirs. Right. They checked out Rick's and they said they were okay. But uh, we didn't get a chance to check out there, so we'll have to do another trip. Absolutely right. So then we grabbed a bite of lunch at Pinchers, kind of a place that's known in several different and, and locations. And let's talk about that real quick because okay. Chris was absolutely uh, hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. This guy, Chris, is a character. I'll tell you, you want to hang out with him because you'll be laughing the whole time. Yes. Now, he had this impression of the waitress. Correct was, me if I'm wrong, right? He had the, she, she was this nice... Um, Little, petite, dark-haired yep. young lady that I would was call very like a, cute. She, she looked like a goody-two-shoe, maybe yep, put it that way. Yeah, she had glasses. She had her hair pulled back, kind of... 
so, that so Chris came over looked. and he said if she stuck some straws in her hair and, and pulled her glasses, glasses just down, down a little bit yep. and looked over them, he would have died. Yes, because he he would have felt that she was sexy or something. So guess what we did? Oh, we I had got to her set to put up. the straws in her hair, lower her glasses, glasses and, and look really sexy. sexy. So we'll have you... to post that because yep. it is a sexy picture. And uh, Chris got a kick out of it. He loved it. So we got her the picture of them two together. So that was, it was one a great of the fun time. times. Yeah, absolutely. So then again, the day just kind of kept going. We got we finally decided to ride back to the house. And by the time we get back mid-afternoon, guess what we've got to do? We've got to get back downtown. So, um, you know, actually, I th- no, I, the days start to mix. I think yeah, we actually was, had stayed was, there well, until I mean, a little come bit on, later Think about where we were like, you know, it was yeah. nonstop party. It was. <laughs> so whether you were, yeah, anyway. So a little bit later, actually, it started to get cool and we decided to leave the, uh, the downtown area a little bit early because it was starting to get dark. It's a good 30 minute ride. So there was a restaurant, a tiki restaurant right across the street from where we were staying. So we and we decided there, yep. to land there in order to have dinner. Um, and that was and a that really was nice. Cool the place. only problem was it was real windy and it was cold. Believe it or not, it was cold on the keys. The wind was absolutely terrible because we took an outside spot. Once we went inside, everything was fine. And I just want to say, hey, to Mr. Punch. Mr. Punch. You know who you are, Mr. Punch. Punch. Yep, he loved that name too. So, <laughs> yep, we did definitely uh, stopped, had a bite of the Tiki Hut. Others met up. It was kind of cool. And then that was the night. So day number three, and we're moving on. Guess what? We got to get back to the Keys one more time. But this was a little bit of a different kind of day because there were the speedboat races happening. Cool. It was cool stuff. So very cool. But <laughs> on the way there, we have to go into the state park. And again, I, what we're doing, rather than my riding my bike, because my bike is blowing oil, we were riding Deb's bike the whole time. And I was riding. Deb was on the back, which she hated. Anyway, <laughs> so I stalled it. And I wasn't the only one. I think uh, I Ryan, think Ryan stalled, stalled it. his, He too. stalled it going up the small hill. I don't know why. I think there was an electrical force there. And guess what? We couldn't get our bike started. So here's Deb and I. Deb's on the back with her feet. And, we're, and I'm walking with... With mine up up this hill, and I think it was Don that commented how in sync, sync we, we were, were when we were walking. I was like, I wish somebody would have got a picture of that because that had to be that, funny. That was pretty funny. funny both of our, of our feet yeah. rolling in unison down there, but we yeah, got it, it up. And again, more help, more advice from everybody. We got it finally started again. Yep, and after we were on the road. Yeah, got it started. Yep. <clears throat> So, so we were then heading to, you know, Scott had a great place for us to see the races. So he took us to the state park. We were able to see the races. One of the things that we saw in between, because we had just missed the first race and it was a little while for the second race to come around, but we actually made it to Fort Zachary Taylor Fort. And that was a really great destination to see and hang around. And we just did the walkthrough, looked a little right. bit of history. Um, and it was, again, another type of So really we watched thing. the boat races. We saw some of them like fly up in the oh, air out there yeah. like they caught some real air and one sort of twisted over and so that was really neat. I would love to go back and have a better spot to watch the both races because I really really enjoyed it or we should have brought our binoculars you know that we could have done that and actually saw some of that yep. so so one, then after that well we also one thing I got to kind of back up for is one of the connections in the one three six degrees of separation was Greg at Paradise Tattoo now the day before oh, yeah, we had stopped right. at Paradise Tattoo to meet Greg and unfortunately Greg wasn't in the tattoo shop, so we just let him know who Greg we are. Greg called Billy. 
Yes, Greg, Greg, that's the only way we got the yep. Uber and, driver was Greg. One, three called Greg. Greg called Billy. Billy picked us up and did the ride. There we go. And then what happened was is that one, three told us to go to a Mexican restaurant, and that's where we headed after the boat races. Everybody was kind enough to agree the group to, go had, to, go, yeah. to go have Mexican food. So kudos to you guys for everybody getting along, hanging out, and all, all of us going there because we got to meet um, uh, Kent caffeine. at Chico's <laughs> Kent yeah. at Chico's Cantina. And again, another great guy came out from the back. Loved us, was great. To, we got pictures, sent them off to Bobby13. We yep. drove back, and great again, food. now now we had to figure out how to get back to Key West for the evening. So we piled, we actually had now two vehicles to pile in because Lee's wife decided to surprise him and show up. So we loaded up, headed back down to Key West that night for our last night on the town. And how many people got in that truck? We had eight. So I, we, I think piled we broke a record. Eight people in the truck. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a lot. Great time, fun crazy. time. We got very intimate. Yes. I know Lou got intimate with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lou shared a little bit more than I would like to know. But anyway, um, so that was kind of the day. We actually had a great night, celebrated, had some fun, made it back safe and sound once more. One thing we needed to talk about downtown is Tony's Saloon. That was kind of a very eclectic place where you had to throw the quarters into oh, the yeah. grouper's mouth. That was a fun. But again, we had a great night. And that's where we found Joe down there. Right. And yeah. the, the event and the excitement for the night was Joe's bike then wouldn't start. Oh, yeah, that's right. Somebody else other than us had a problem with their Pro- bike. Yep. Got a jump we got start a from taxi. a taxi. Yep. So we all made it back safe and sound. Woke up the next morning. And guess what? It's time to think about heading home. And the group kind of... Uh, well, then Lee says to us, uh, who are you guys going with? I said, well... We're going to go where everybody else the goes. group, right. And he said, no, you got to make a decision. They're splitting up. And so we decided to go with the group that was heading back first. So the Lee's group was going to go have breakfast. Correct. And had I known some things might have been different, I might have taken Lee's route. But I thought we were just going to get on the road and, you know, head, head home. back, yeah. Maybe grab some food a little bit later. So some excitement on the way back was we grabbed a bite after we got off of the Keys. But then in Homestead, they were actually yeah. having a uh, Veterans Veteran Day, Day parade. parade. And we kudos ended to up. all our veterans. Right. And thank you. Kudos to you. But we ended up, like, tagging in the end of that parade yeah. and had everyone waving to us on yeah, our motorcycles. waving. I was honking my horn thinking I was somebody. Yep. The interesting <laughs> part of that ride ride back was because of our dilemma with the motorcycles. Every time we stopped for gas, we had to leave my motorcycle ru- running and we only really had to push start at one time. And that's when we that stopped, we to, stopped eat. to eat. Yep. That's right. Yep. So then, uh, we're, what, so we started heading home. It was a nice ride with everybody. Everybody did fantastic. It was a great you know, ride. A lot of times you got to figure out other people's riding styles and how they signal and different things like that. Right. But once again, it all worked out real, real well. Yep. There were five of us in our group and I have to say that we really did a great job of just succincting one with one another and getting home safe and sound. Yep. Now, there were some did. crazy riders out, drivers out there. Yep. And, um, you know, we got home a little bit later. We actually took some back roads in order to avoid the highways. And we actually ended up riding a couple of hours in the dark. And yeah. it got cold. And That's that's because we waited 45 minutes for breakfast. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, we froze, too. And I couldn't see so well. I don't see so well at night sometimes. And we're out there where there's no lights out, out east. There's nothing around. And so you see the car lights. One thing, one tip, do not focus on the headlights of the vehicles. You want to focus on the line or something else and that's easy to happen when you haven't been riding in the dark for quite a bit right absolutely and you can never be too sure you know we stopped to change our glasses but i didn't think about getting a neck sleeve and all the things for cold weather and we were both absolutely freezing by the time we wound up home we were and i could have put on my rain suit and that would have helped but i didn't 
So again, we had a fantastic time and we owe a lot of gratitude and thanks to a lot of people. Uh, it was all for a good cause. Correct. And thanks to the West Coast Florida Riders for, for finding a charity uh, that they wanted to have people donate to. And they were able to raise over $2,000 for the charity. Sarasota County Senior Advocacy Council. Council. Yep. It's a large one, but not a large name, but but they do very good for seniors. So uh, they were able to get that group some things. And I think they already had some money that went toward people. So that was real good. So again, we have a lot to be grateful for because number one, we met a lot of great people. Yes. And that's sort of a mystique that I sort of want to blow away here is that, you know, you could go into something and think it might work out one way. And if you go in with an open mind, it can absolutely amaze you with what might happen in a lot of positive aspects. We met a lot of fantastic people. These were great people. They were helpful people. They were loving, caring people. And they all got along. And I'm telling you, nobody fought. Nobody bickered. Nobody really complained. It was fantastic. So I've got to give a lot of credit. Let's go ahead and say who they are, Deb. Joe and Bobby, Lee and Melissa, Ann and Maverick, Dawn and Margie, Joe, Ryan and Mindy, Charlene Scott, uh, Mark, Jessica, Chris, Lou, Christopher, um, Lee, and Vinny. And we want to thank you all for making this such a wonderful trip for us and an experience of a lifetime. And again, we want to thank the West Coast Florida Riders for doing this, for Chris and Lee for stepping up, for actually putting together such an excellent group, and also for Fran Hosh. Yes. Again, thank you so much, Fran, and your law group. We really appreciate you so much. So if you guys are looking for an attorney, you actually want to reach out to, to the law Fran, Fran Hosh Law Group. That's yep. right. So be sure and follow us on Facebook and our website at bikerliferadio.com. Again, I'm Chuck. And Deb. And thank you so much. For, for listening, listening to Biker Life Radio. We'll catch you on the flip side. See you You've soon. You've been listening to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb. Heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. right here on 1490 AM WWPR. We thank you for listening and invite you to join us next week. <laughs>